To second chance movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and is no longer scared of a jump scare. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who now feels very differently about rats and sharks. And today we are discussing everyone's second chance with The Suicide Squad. Yes, we are. The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad of 2016. Yuck. Um, We just got a brand spanking new movie here in 2021. And I've been ready for this one for a while. This is our whole new second chance as an audience seeing The Suicide Squad. We got it. A version of that back in 2016 that was rough to say yeah yeah Um, most of us did have a not great experience with it we gave it a second chance as you may have heard and um we we were looking forward to this second second chance yeah i said it right (laughs) yeah because let's be honest like this movie the suicide squad is just like a oopsie whoopsie let's do that again for the first one really is just a second chance with the material it i guess technically could be considered a sequel but really watching it it just felt like do you want to debate i don't think this is a sequel Uh, i don't it's like a i would say it's a reboot yeah they cast three to four similar actors but i don't think it they they don't reference anything that happens in the first one i just want to warn everyone spoiler alert yes i have to say it because some people you know during a movie review they're like wait a second you're going to talk about the movie (laughs) key details of it yeah yeah it's fairly new i think it's only from the time we're recording this it's only been like a week if that yeah we so, gave you guys a week i feel like if you were really dedicated you saw this movie and if you're interested in it maybe you pause and don't listen to this episode come back after you watched it um yeah because i think you deserve a second chance with the suicide squad we all did we all really did definitely going to spoil things because quaz and i have not talked about this movie all week and i'm so excited to hear her opinions of it yeah, so this we is don't. our raw, real conversation. <laughs> Good. Um, and did you do any makeup this week for I, Suicide? A little bit, you know. Okay. Um, in our last Suicide Squad episode, uh, I went all full Harley. Okay. Um, in this one, it's like sort of a toned down um, homage to the red that she's wearing. Which Again, is similar to the tone of that movie she's, exactly you know. more toned down um so that's what i tried to do here get some red in and, and 
toned down like my girl. I decided to wear a yellow shirt like Rick Flag. Look at us. Look at I us. Keep it, I'm keeping it simple as hell here. <laughs> well, speaking of simple, let's get into the Suicide Squad. Because one thing that I liked about this movie right off the bat was that the plot was way more simple than the first one. Thank you, James Gunn. Let's just let's just all thank yeah. James Gunn right at the top of this. Good job. Thank um, you. He's most well known for bringing us to the Guardians of the Galaxy, another group of ragtag heroes from the comics that most of us never heard about and made them fun and entertaining. And I think that's the exact same thing that happened like in this uh, this movie. Um, he, I, from what I hear from his interviews, it sounded like he was told this was after he got fired from Disney. Disney was like, "Boo, we're firing you for old tweets from like 15 years ago." Boo! And then <laughs> DC was like, um, "Well, we'll take him because we're desperate as hell." <laughs> and they grabbed him up and. They were like, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. And he made his movie the way he wanted to make it. And man, DC needed this. They needed a visionary that was just going to make their own style and take off. Oh, man, this is what we needed, DC. Absolutely. This is what we have been talking about when it comes to DC movies, because we've talked a lot about DC movies, is just having someone who's creative and knows the material and is smart, just have the freedom and that's what this felt like there didn't feel like interference it felt like okay the first one you could like see all of the interference of the studio in the whole product this felt more like yes this is the suicide squad done by james gunn and not by a bunch of people that don't really know the material i think i would i hope that they've learned their lesson to not try to shoehorn things in just for the sake of like pleasing audiences or trying to get more people to see it. Cause like, that's not, that's not what we need with a material like this. We need to go big and we need to like let loose. I think we let loose really hard in this. I do too. We were like within, within the first 10 minutes. Um, but again, I, I mean, I kind of see this coming, but I still love that it happened. Uh, I also will probably say that a lot. There's a lot of this. I, n nothing really surprised me, but I was still glad it happened. Um, I feel like there was like two or three things that like shocked me, but for the most part, I saw it coming. But you know what? I still liked it. I still had some fun along the way. Yeah. But the big thing that happens right off the bat is they introduce us to a suicide squad. And you know what? They all die but two. Like everyone, boom, 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 quick. And god it was just fun because a lot of them had funny deaths or yeah and i i just uh, i just enjoyed the first little group of suicide squad members i agree i think the first like 10 minutes was way more thrilling than the entire 2016 movie <laughs> like truly it was exactly what we needed was to know that like literally anyone could die at any minute everyone's expendable because that adds so much excitement and so much suspense and you want to keep watching because you want to like see what everyone's ending is going to be so to have like this just intense fucking massacre right from the beginning like we're starting off 
fast. We are getting into it. Um, that to me, I knew, I figured that there would be more death in this version and more characters dying off. I personally did not expect an entire massacre like from the get. That was so, wild. Because a lot of them were like repeated actors that Gunn used, like his brother, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion. I was expecting those guys to bite the bullet either instantly or be the heroes till the end. Um, the way they did marketing in this movie and like played all, any trailer, they mixed those guys in with, and even like posters and stuff, they mixed them all about. And I was just trying to piece it together. Like, where did these guys fit into this story? I know they have limited time in a trailer, so they're probably not going to last too long. But like, because it was jumbled up, I couldn't figure out the timeline. And then right at the beginning, they wipe everyone out in 10 minutes. And then Amanda Waller's like, what's going on with team two? And then that's that big reveal that this is happening. And they move the little map. Boom. And we get to see that there's another team that's our main focus team. Like, these are our real characters. We were just fucking around over here for you. I will say one thing that, like, did surprise me and go like, oh, shit. We're like, we mean business here. Is that they killed Boomer off like in the first 10 minutes boomer dying sucks i wish but you know what we gotta focus on other characters new guys i mean i liked i liked boomer too and i was kind of bummed when he did die um because i thought it would have been cool to like have one of the the characters in the 2016 version besides harley be carried over to this new team yeah but but you're right it does make sense like we are literally redoing everything so we're just gonna clear the way for yeah. for them to come in and maybe the actor himself maybe he was like you know what i don't want to fucking do this again because the other one sucked and <laughs> i'm so sad about it yeah. um but jai courtney's a very talented actor yeah um if you guys haven't seen spartacus he's in that in season one i like him in that um but yeah boomerang he's he's fun He's one of those ones in the comics that's a lot in the Suicide Squad, so him going out quick is, sucks. So, which brings me to point one, if you could bring anyone, if question number one, if you could bring anyone from the beach back to continue the rest of the movie, which squad member would you choose? Okay, so I was so pumped when I saw Flula Borg in it because yeah, he's really funny. So funny. I didn't know he was gonna be in this. Somehow he flew past me in all the marketing. Um, oh, I so knew. If I was gonna save anyone, I think I'd save him because I think he would be really funny and entertaining along with this like new team. So I would probably say him. Like, sorry, okay. boomerang, but eh, I as want someone much as fresh. I enjoyed everyone dying in the first ten minutes, or at least this squad A. I wish they had at least one more scene, just like 20, just like 10 more minutes so we could see them all do something else and then all die. Yeah, because I was, I felt like I was just starting to like get attached to these people and then like, bam, they're ripped up. But, but I, I guess, guess that's, that's what good. they want. Yeah, they want that vibe of like the rug can be pulled up from under us. So be ready. Um, and on that note too, one thing that we had discussed about Suicide Squad was that there was not enough of the feeling of the stakes for these guys that if they don't carry out the mission, their heads will literally be blown off. And we got that feeling with Savant, played by Michael Rooker, 
uh, someone that is likable and we know him we know him like you said from james gunn collaborations and we opened the movie with him so it's kind of like in his perspective going into the suicide this it looks like he's the leader of our movie that's what it kind of gives a vibe off of because he's like the first scene if you hadn't watched any trailer or seen anything you would have been like oh this is the oh this is the squad leader this is gonna be wild yeah because that seems like in the first 10 minutes that he's he's our lead and then we see him get the hell away from the island start swimming off well i think that's what i really liked about this it subverted our expectation because michael rooker from like walking dead has always been like the gruff badass that's like you know i'm a tough guy and the fact that he's the one that's like crying like a little baby no and tries to swim away and amanda waller's just like savant turn around oh my stop what are you doing i'm gonna have to blow you up and he's just not paying attention because he's so scared about getting killed he gets blown up yeah i and you feel it too because like you said he's so scared he's just trying to like save himself but if he does that he's gonna die anyway and so to see it play out like that and to like literally see his head being blown off that's when you start to feel like yeah these guys don't have a choice they're in this they have to do it when the i think the big difference for me in this movie versus 2016 is the introduction to all of our members in 2016 they really talk about um deadshot they really talk about harley and then they pause like they do other crap throughout the movie and then they're like here's boomer here's croc here's diablo and then they're like oh yeah and we got the slipknot but we're gonna kill him like <laughs> super quick we're not even gonna talk don't even we're talking talking about him and then i know like oh cool he's gonna die and he does and don't uh, feel a thing I... right off the back with this we get introduced to you know savant and then they just line him up and in, in front of that flag here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy. And you're just like, oh, cool, that's our team. Wonderful. I We don't need any backstory if we'll learn along the way. We learned almost nothing about this first team. But our second team, which, let's move on, because first team, we're talking so much, barely in this movie. <laughs> team two, oh my god, so many fun. Every character I just enjoy so much. Uh, and Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba, is our leader, de facto leader of this group. And so we're going to see him more, but he gets introduced to everyone. I feel like everyone gets the same amount of intro like, hey, this is this guy. He does this. And this is King Shark. And he's a big shark. And they just explain to everyone just a smidge of just like what their power is. And then we get to learn more about them along the journey, which is, I think, just the way we need to introduce any character in a superhero movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. The introduction to all these characters felt way more organic than the the first movie where they like try to shoehorn in like, you need to care about these people. Here's everything you need to know. Go. This is Will Smith. Know him. Yes. I mean, you already know him because of <laughs> Men in Black and Independence Day, but it Forget was, all the other things he's done. This it, is it. It was so forced with these like weird like freeze frame and like in like written info about them. And then also we're gonna tell Amanda Waller's gonna tell us everything we need to know about them. And then we're gonna no, none of that. It was just like, oh yeah, here's this guy, 
he does this this girl controls rats and then yeah as they start like getting to know each other we get to know them and then that also helps with just the team dynamic as well which was something that was completely lacking in the first one the dynamic of the group grows as they get to know each other and we get to know them and it works it works so well i care about these people these this is a team that got forced together but like they instantly were like hey we gotta work together and like we could be friends or we can like like each other yeah Uh, um which is i felt like really forced in the other one they were all forced and they all didn't want to be there it seemed in our 2016 uh oh man so who's your favorite character of our team b so we got blood sport who's really good at killing people we got peacemaker who is also equally good as killing people uh, which is a really funny joke <laughs> we got king shark or anawe as we like to call him he's a giant shark uh rat catcher two um who could control rats and polka dot man who shoots polka dots simple love it i love it i will say it's honestly hard to choose because they're all amazing i like them all so much and i think the casting of each one amazing um i would have to say it's a tie for me between rat packer 2 and king nope. shark <laughs> rat catcher rat- <laughs> she doesn't what pack call rats. Rat packer. <laughs> i do that those are my same two favorites yeah unexpected like totally followed, unexpected followed incredibly close with another tie <laughs> blood sport and peacemaker yeah um because they're the same character <laughs> they're the, yeah essentially the same character except except one's peacemaker a huge douchebag <laughs> one's a huge douchebag and yeah there's just kind of a jerk i will say the polka dot was also really fun and oh, a really yeah. like unique character um and i liked his storyline too like it was really funny and strange and weird and i liked it a lot but yeah i like i really thought going into it that king shark was going to be sort of just like a gimmick sort of like just like hey here's our beast and it's voiced by like stallone that's so crazy okay um i was not expecting him and maybe that's because of the 2016 version with what they did with killer croc like i wasn't expecting king shark to have like a personality and like a storyline and growth and like there were times where i was like actually getting emotional over him and his life like it was he's so unexpected he's one of like the main core like suicide squad members when it comes to like comics at least like the more modern suicide squad it's like harley king shark boomer uh and then uh deadshot those are like the main core group so because we're also living in a pandemic right now how did you how did you watch this movie did you go to the theater did you watch it on hbo max i watched it from my couch on hbo max in a very comfortable setting with all the snacks i wanted i enjoyed the hell out of it in my living room the wife and i were so excited to watch it in the comfort of our own home fuck going to a theater i never need to go to a theater ever again no and that brings me to a point that i think we should touch on is that 
thus far, and again, we're recording it within like the first week of it coming out, there's been so many like industry articles about how like Suicide Squad is a box office disappointment and like the like bleh, the another movie victim of the pandemic. And in my opinion, it's not the movie's fault. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally not. And having it accessible on VOD, I think is incredible. And I think more movies need to be doing that, even if they're charging, like even if there's more movies coming out on Amazon Prime that you have to rent. Like I, if I didn't have HBO Max, I probably would have rented this and paid more money for it. So I hope that like the discussion around this, the Suicide Squad and what it's doing at the box office isn't like movie theaters are failing or like this was a bum. I think, Maybe I hope- driving. I hope it, yeah, I hope it shifts the conversation to how people are consuming movies which is in the comfort of their own home because it fucking rocks to watch a movie in the comfort of your own home, especially a new one. Like I love being comfortable on my couch watching a new movie. I do think this was a, if you are like willing to go to a theater, this is a good movie to watch in a theater. Like big action set pieces, vibrant colors just throughout, just like visually pleasing all the time yeah instead absolutely. of like like a boring art house like i don't need to see that in the theater i can watch that in the comfort of my own home but this this needs some big screen entertainment uh, yeah i think i think after endgame it just there's nothing that's going to top that in the theater for me you know i don't disagree like that is the ultimate like movie theater movie where you have to see it on the big screen and yeah there are certain movies that it just does seem better to watch it on a large screen to feel really immersed in it. Um, And this was one I definitely wish I could have seen like that, but at the same time, like, I'm not disappointed. I was comfortable. And yeah, like I said, I hope the legacy of this movie um, adds to the conversation of like- I've, I've also seen this movie twice in my home because I had to see it the night it dropped i was like i gotta watch it i'm so pumped i've been waiting months to see maybe even a year i don't know i've been waiting forever to see it um and then the wife was like i'm not staying up (laughs) i got a bedtime (laughs) hell no um and so i had to wait a couple of days to watch it with her and i was more than willing to watch it a second time (laughs) i mean that's awesome you could that's the beauty of vod you could So just like real quick, because overall I did very much enjoy this movie and thought it was a really wonderful redo and really gave us like what we wanted out of our Suicide Squad. Like in my opinion, they did what we wanted um, and then some, which is great. Um, I do have two gripes with this movie though. Let's gripe it up. There's two and you know what? Like it, was, it didn't bother me enough for me to write off this movie, but like, it's something I would have liked to see a little changes of. The first one is that Harley is literally in her own movie, in a movie. She's pretty sidelined as far as like being part of a squad until right. the end, till like the last act. Yeah, and that's disappointing because one, we've already gotten our own Harley Quinn standalone movie. I imagine there's probably going to be another one. And while I find Margot Robbie to be so entertaining as Harley and can totally carry stuff on her own like that, I want to see her like 
in a team. That's yeah. where I think she's really fun bouncing off of other team members. It would and, have been fun to see her interact with these these team members too. Yeah, it's these new people. Like and when she, she and when she was at the end when they had the whole Milton conversation, that was great. That was great. That was really funny and like really entertaining and watching her fight alongside these guys. There were some like overall in the movie dope choreography. I think the best one of the best action sequences is her escaping prison though by her by herself her fighting with that fucking javelin and like flowers are coming out behind her and she's shooting people and it's just she's kicking everyone's ass it's wild as hell it is but it looks stunning it's so cool which is but i this is my gripe if i'm griping about things what's harley's power she's just crazy (laughs) why is she destroying all these army guys like i get the first couple because she sneaks up on everyone and shoots them like a crazy person would do but how is she like so fucking skilled with a javelin (laughs) and how is she like take out all these army professionals by herself i'm just like "Uh, okay i don't believe this but I like watching it. It's so fun. It is so fun to watch. But yeah, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, so she's like skilled in hand-to-hand combat now? Like, did she learn any of that? When, how does she know how to do that? Like, there was a whole side story of Harley being kidnapped. And then like, she kind of has like... Her story is kind of boring. Yeah. Up until she joins the group again. Yeah, it really until is. Until she starts finding her way out. I agree. And I wanted, I, I would change it in that, like, yeah, maybe she is kidnapped and they have to save her. Keep that in, sure. But, like, get her with the team faster, because that's what I really enjoyed watching her in this, like, was with the entire group. She's fun in a group setting. I want to see that. Now, who's the villain of this movie? So that brings me to my second gripe. There's, like, four <laughs> to five-ish kind of villains even though we're all villains yeah so uh, that's like another gripe my second gripe is the villains of this movie and that was the main issue of the 2016 version i will say this issue with the villain is much less of a problem than that but yeah like i don't understand who's like the bad guy definitively i guess we don't need a bad guy that's true because like they're all morally corrupt yeah so amanda waller gives them the mission just destroy everything that a project starfish simple we just have a task there's no one stopping us there's just a military group that's there there's a president day there (laughs) harley murders him which was great just i was like oh cool so he's not gonna be in the rest of this movie yeah he dies pretty quick his general gets promoted and so he's kind of like the main villain s type of the movie. Um, we also have the thinker, who's not really a villain as much as just a scientist. Um, and then we have Starro, which is a giant starfish space monster, who's not really a villain. He's just been experimented on forever, for like 30 years or so. And then, you know, gets to escape and just wants to destroy that town he's been kept in which he fuck yeah he deserves to do that <laughs> and but the suicide squad just says like let's stop this guy um i will say starro visually so amazing yeah. i love that there's a giant starfish because it's 
on one hand so stupid and on the other hand so awesome i agree it's stupid but fucking awesome the fact that this is this monster starfish with a big eye in the middle and just walking around fucking shit up and then spawning little starfish that mind controls people okay i'm into it sure i like i i agree that like the the villain the whole thing is sort of vague so like the the government and then Amanda Waller is also kind of our villain and I like that I like that this this version decided where Amanda Waller was and who she was and wasn't flip-flopping and like she's in it she's doing bad things but for good reasons kind of like 2016 I felt like this Amanda Waller was way more intense way more brutal and just like direct on who this character was like we knew who she was and I I enjoyed that a lot more and you know what Viola Davis in that role is just incredible like just I love seeing her as a villain she's so good at just being intense and a monster she takes charge of any room she's in yeah so wild I also liked in this version that we get to see a lot more people that work behind the scenes than just Amanda Waller. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Whereas in the last movie, they were just kind of glorified extras that she executes for no reason. Yeah. And this time they were very minor characters, but like we got to see more just like typical people yes. in these roles. They did what we do. They were betting on who was going to win or live or die yeah they also had like (laughs) moral issues that were really interesting to see where like yeah they bet on like who's gonna die but when the suicide squad is making a good choice to save people they're like supporting them yeah hell yeah good job guys yeah i think it's cool i think it's so cool to explore like not only the suicide squad but like who's also working around them that was just like a, a nice choice something minor that was a difference from the the first one Rick Flag, I thought, was for sure going to survive. I thought there's no way they're going to kill him off. He's Same. Gonna be like the military guy of the group. Uh, yeah, no, I thought definitely Harley, Amanda Waller, and Rick Flag were all just going to be a constant in these movies. I think, holy shit, what a brave choice to kill Rick off. Um, and even like the shot where they showed the mirror going into his heart. Yeah, he's dead, guys. He's, he's not, super he's dead. Not going to come back. Super dead. Brave choice. Brave choice. And, like, I like Rick Flagg a lot, and I like Joel Kinnaman a lot. I yeah. also, I like that uh, it's hard, because I do like him a lot, and I didn't want him to die, but it also showed who Peacemaker really was, that he would take him out, take out a beloved character. For liberty. For liberty. For liberty. For someone who he actually like admired and liked. I have to say though, like John Cena, A plus, A plus. He understood the assignment. He nailed it. <laughs> he sure did. He fucking did. Oh, he's oh man, so engaging. So funny. So funny. And then can like he can pull off that twist of like, I'm an asshole but i think i'm an asshole for the better for liberty for peace like and he also has a look on his face like did i fuck up yeah 
I was like really impressed with John Cena in this movie. I thought he was definitely just gonna be like and the funny look, character. He looks at fucking Ratcatcher to grab the disc, and I was like, oh no, yeah. that, girl, that girl might die. That girl might die. But, oh no. And then I think what was really stunning to me was when Bloodsport caught him about to kill her. And you're right, that's when he kind of was like, oh man, what am I doing? Well, can't turn around now. So two things this movie, one of the things this movie did super well that I love, it's like it's pacing and editing. Yes. So for one moment, when Peacemaker pulls up his gun and is about to shoot Ratcatcher eight minutes ago, and it jumps back and shows us what the other part of the team was doing. And I love that it's doing that because it did the, it was the similar vibe to the beginning when it's like, oh yeah, team two, what's going on? And then we see that just like these, that, those are more twists to me of like how it was done. Like, oh, we're going to take it from this angle now. I like that. I think my only gripe, I guess it's not an only gripe. I'll gripe about everything. I'm an old man. <laughs> One of my gripes is because uh, I'm going to compare this to Guardians. The soundtrack was not as exciting as Guardians. You know what? And I will say the 2016 version, uh, the, the soundtrack was fucking good in that movie. Well, I'm going to agree and disagree at the same time. The reason <laughs> why is they blast us in 2016. They blast us with like five or six songs. They, yeah. In the span of one minute of like big epic songs they just play it from like 10 seconds each and then they don't play any pop music for 45 minutes so what do we or even longer than that i was like i was like counting i was like we haven't heard a song in this movie in quite some time we talked about that in our last episode about how sporadic the music was and that wasn't the issue in this movie it's in this that one? the soundtrack wasn't as banger so um, one thing everyone's been talking about is how hilarious this movie is. And I think it's funny. It's got funny moments, but it's not an all-out comedy. Um, do you have a favorite funny moment? Um, you know what? I will say, first off, that I agree with you. It's not like straight comedy. I wasn't dying the whole time. But right. the humor was really like way better than the 2016 one first well, of all not even there's nothing funny in that movie there's, there's nothing funny but it, this also what i enjoyed about the humor in this wasn't forced it felt just like very subtle Earned. and i i enjoyed through that characters through the characters and just the situations and it wasn't like well oh, we're doing a one-liner <laughs> it was just it was just funny um i think probably my favorite like funny moment was when king shark um, was attempting to eat uh, I almost called her Rat Packer again <laughs> Rat Catcher um, and she was dead ass asleep and didn't even notice um, just something really funny to me about those two characters uh, inter interacting in such a weird ass way and then forming a friendship from that I just found that to be like really funny and charming I like King Shark trying to have a mustache on his so cute he still looks like so a shark. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite moments is them just talking about Milton. Who's Milton again? Mm -hmm. And then Harley calls back. This good work with you, Milton. Not my name. We had like a three-hour talk about it. 
I loved that too because like the Milton guy really was just there like at a certain point I was like oh my god this random dude is just like with them when he runs into the building with him I'm like what the fuck is he still right he is gonna get hurt (laughs) I was like say that they're like why was he with us even like in the van when they're preparing Flag grabs the gun away from him. It's like, not you. <laughs> yeah. like, you're not invited into this. <laughs> I thought he was in the van. <laughs> so, Joe, what are your thoughts on everyone's second chance with the Suicide Squad? Well, I'm really glad we got a chance. I'm glad we all got a second chance with the Suicide Squad. Uh, I think it's a fun little idea of property that we get a group of like second-rate villains or even third-rate villains to like team up and do a weird-ass mission um because the first one was really like boring and this one was just fun it's just the complete opposite of what we got last time so i hope this leads to more because again i don't even need the same group you can give me an entirely new group i don't need harley i don't need blood sport but if they come back great if they don't whatever um and you could recast everyone i don't care i just want to see a group of villains doing a little mission together i there's two groups of people i like in movies it's the villains and then they're just like pure apart which is i think more so what red catcher 2 was just like you know her and nawe those ones i just like those dim-witted like sweet pure like innocent i'm just gonna do the nice thing because it's nice um, I don't really care about heroes as much or normal people. <laughs> Two sides of the spectrum. You go evil or you go super good. I don't need you middle ground folk. <laughs> um, I totally agree with you. I think it's great that they took a chance to do another Suicide Squad and learn from the mistakes of the first one and really seems like they heard what people complained about and just fixed it, made it so much better. I know David Ayers is not happy. Um, That's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, We don't need an air cut because we got this. (laughs) We got this. We're Mm, good. I don't think an air cut is going to beat this. It's not. I don't think so either. Um, But yeah, I, I like the concept of having villains in a group having to do a certain mission and just being unrestrained with it just going all out that's fun that's what makes it engaging and entertaining i think what helped was letting our writer director take full responsibility for everything just like hey he's the creative he wants to make this story let him do it yeah because you know i think that's when we get that's just that's just where movies shine is when you let the creative take control of it all absolutely uh, because if there's too many cooks in the kitchen you get to, it just you make the movie for profit rather than for art and entertainment yeah i think that's what we got out of this one and our original one we got like this is what we think everyone needs right exactly and it was not you're right like with a movie like especially like this where it's so over the top and so loud and in your face and just crazy kooky wild you need a very specific vision so you need you need that and I think James Gunn obviously had that and no one interfered with it and that's what made it work 
so yeah I enjoyed it so much I think it's awesome that we got a second chance because material like this shouldn't just be like wasted so it was really cool that it wasn't it was revived brought back and made even better yeah good job James Gunn good job everyone that was good job everyone everyone stellar good job hbo max for allowing me to watch it in the comfort of my own home i love hbo max i think they are killing it i just want to say streaming services i've watched everything on hbo max that they've delivered us instead of the theater i've seen every one of them even tom and jerry and that was awful I've really watched them all, and I'm gonna keep watching. Even <laughs> King Richard, and the entire time I'm thinking, at least this is better than Deadshot. And I haven't even seen it. I know that's what I'm gonna be thinking. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode of Second Chance Movies. Um, as always, thank you to BD McBeatface for making our dope theme song. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Letterbox wherever you listen to podcasts and we're on youtube all of our stuff is in the show notes below if you want to follow us on all those things that would be great and yeah we'll be back very soon with another second chance movie i'm ready for scooby-doo three. Oh, that's not a real thing i'm just james gunn wrote the first two he's never gonna write a third one <sighs> that'd be so good what if if we had a Suicide Squad with the Mystery <gasps> Machine gang... Oh, my God. Who do you think is the first to go? Daphne. Sorry, girl. <laughs> you didn't hesitate. Right? I did. <laughs> Velma <laughs> makes it out alive. I yeah, know that. She's good. She's totally good. Um, it's going to be Daphne. No, Scooby makes it out. Yeah, no he's, he's the right Harley down. of the Mystery Squad, yeah. Um, I, think, I think it's just Fred and Daphne. I was going to say Daphne and then Fred. And then I think that's it. I think we could just cap it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe whoever's spooking him that week. Yeah. They're, yeah. Thelma kills them, probably. Bye. Suicide Bye. was fun. Second